So welcome to the Tonight Show. Um, I'm filling in for Jimmy Fallon. I'm really sorry, guys. He had to cancel something about not even living here and never hearing of us and stuff like that. That kind of stuff. I don't know, man. Conflicts like that, just they come out of nowhere. Total curveball for us. So bear with us as we, you know, kind of figure out, piece together this interview without Jimmy. Um, we're in our second week of a sermon series about the values of our church. And last week, we, we started that with Ronnie. And if you're like, wait, we have values as a church? Yes, we do. And they're kind of new, so don't feel weird if you're like, what the heck are those? We introduced them in October at our all-church retreat. And before that, we didn't really value anything as a church. So we're getting there. It's, it's, it's coming together. But we wanted to introduce values to guide our church and our community on things we feel that God is leading us to be distinctives of our little church. It's just a little reminder for you. And some of these things are things that we felt were already very much a part of our church's DNA. And other things were things that we felt like God really wants us to grow in and wants to be values of our church, but it's going to take time for our church to grow in those things. But it's very important. We feel like it's, it's a direction God's leading us in. And so here are the values, just to list them for you. Simple devotion to Jesus is the first one, and that's what Ronnie uh, talked with us about last week, and if you missed that, you can listen to it on our podcast. Deep relationships, growing leaders, everyday outreach, warm community, and a love of God's Word. So today we're going to be talking about deep relationships with two leaders in our community, Brian Plache and Sean Garza. Give it up. So we didn't pick these guys to basically be up here to be like, hey, they're better than all of you guys at this, so feel a little bad or whatever. Um, it's not really the point. It's not because it's an award or something like that, but uh, these guys are people who, at least uh, in my own life, have been really purposeful about a deep relationship with me specifically. And in our community, there are people who have long uh, put a high priority and think a lot about their relationships and friendships and trying to make them deep. You know, none of us are perfect in this. So if you're like, man, why isn't Sean or Ryan a deep friend to me? Um, just know that they are to somebody. <laughs> and they think a lot about this kind of stuff and have a lot of thoughts um, on this that they want to share with our community. And uh, the approach of like relational ministry, ministering through our friendships is a key part of how they do ministry. It's, a, it's, a, it's long been a part of how they work in our community. And um, like many other leaders in our church, they care about all of us growing in this. So that's why we've picked them to kind of share with us. So let me introduce them. If you guys don't know them yet, you probably do. But Sean is one of my best and longest running Denton friends. We've been friends for over 10 years, which is crazy to think about. We are in the same first uh, small group in focus together over 10 years ago at the ranch. So the ranch has been a, a long been a, a cornerstone of our community here. And uh, if you don't count my wife, Emily, Sean is the roommate I've lived with the longest. So that's the technicality. You gotta put an asterisk by that. But some things about Sean that caught me by surprise right off the bat when I first met him were that he could talk to anyone, any stranger, and treat them like a friend. I remember one time, this happened a billion times, but at least one time that stuck in my memory, we went, I went to Walmart with him and he started talking to the cashier in his very class, classic sort of casual disarming way. And the cashier started actually like opening up and telling us about their life. And Sean got further with a cashier in one minute than I got on most first dates. So 
We didn't kiss or anything. So. No, Just no, totally platonic. And more relevant to today's topic, as we became friends, Sean was often the like driving force behind the depth of our friendship. And he would just call me sometimes randomly. Like I hadn't ever had a friend that just would call to want to talk about stuff. And he would just call randomly with no notice and ask me what I was up to, how I was doing, how my week was going, whatever else. Even though we like lived together for three years. So that's the kind of friend Sean is. He'd force his way into depth with me, which was really helpful for me, by the way. And then Ryan's mainly up here because he weaseled his way out of preaching in our friendship series last semester. And you know how our community is. We have a strict no weaseling policy around here. I'm just kidding. Um, many of you know, don't know this probably. Some of you do. But Ryan moved up here to Denton to help plant this church um, about like seven, eight years ago or so. And before this church and from the beginning of this church, Ryan's been a committed, committed person to relational ministry and it's never been his job. He's always had a big boy nerdy job and has devoted a significant amount of time to relational ministry, to working through, uh, ministering through friendships. And he's done that to me ever since he moved up here. Two fond memories I have of the first kind of like beginning of our friendship. One of the first hangouts Ryan and I had, we finally got time together. And then one of our friends called us and we had to take him to the hospital. <laughs> and so our hangout was about like three hours in the ER. Um, so we got pretty deep pretty fast. And then another thing that is a fond memory I have is that before I really knew Ryan super well, he, I invited a ton of people to my like final senior year project thing when I was my, uh, finishing up my degree. And I invited a lot of people and Ryan came, I'd known him for like a month or two, and he brought several people with him <laughs> to come screen this film. He had no idea what it was about, I hadn't given him probably a very good explanation, but he showed up and was there and I was like, man, this guy's cool. I probably would not have come to his film screening, but he came to mine. So anyway, that's just a little bit about these guys. Now that I've raised the expectations a lot, um, we'll, we'll get to hear from them. And so the first question, just a reminder, we're talking about deep relationships as a value of our community. Uh, why do you guys think this value is so important to our community? I was going to let Ryan go first because he's got a novel written, so um, I felt he was more prepared. Um, but I can start off. Um, excuse me if I read, too. Um, but yeah, I just wrote down that I think if we just look at the model Christ has set for us, how he calls us friends, and he just shows us what love and friendship is, it's obviously a value that is important to him. I believe God has made us to be relational and... Um, it's essential for us to have deeper relationships. For me, especially if you've been in focus for a while or just been around our church for a while, um, you've heard a lot of axioms. One of the ones that sticks with me the most is people don't care what you know until they know you care. And I think that's really important. It's something that's stuck with me for, I don't know, like 12 years, you know, at the just that sentence. Um, I believe that... In order to speak and to minister into people's lives, you have to show that you care about them at an individual level versus just like this broad, oh, I like you, I know you, here's what I think about your life in this instance. You know, you actually have to have these deep relationships in order to speak into people's lives. Um, and I touched on this earlier, I said that God has designed us to be relational. Um, if you look even in just in the beginning of the Bible, where it says like it isn't good for man to be alone, or how the first church was of one heart and one mind, 
and how they shared life together. I think personally for me and for our community, that's a lot of those reasons is why I feel it's important to have deep relationships and something that I value. So Sean and I are gonna say basically the same things, but in different ways. <laughs> I, yeah, I'm of the same mind that we have to start with Jesus, right? So our top priority as a community is to be people that love Jesus and want to live like Jesus and want to live the life that Jesus has set out for us. And everything we look at, everything we do has to come through this lens. If we don't start with that foundation, we're going to get things wrong and we're going to do things for the wrong reasons. So we have to start with Jesus and everything else will fall out of the life that Jesus is calling us to. So we look at the commands that Jesus gave us, like love one another as I have loved you. And Jesus loved people in a lot of different ways, but always in the context of relationships. Some shallow, some deep, which means that we can have shallow and deep friendships, like neither are good or bad. Jesus did a little of both. And by following his example of how he loved people, um, you know, we see he, he had friends, he loved those friends, he built these deep friendships, so we are called to do the same thing. Um, I want to like give a kind of a throwback to Shayla and Darby's sermon, where they talked about this idea of friendship or relationships as a garden. And I think this is like a really cool metaphor for thinking about relationships and the role that they play in our community and in our life and the things that come out of them. So if, if each relationship is a garden and then the work that we do in these gardens is working out the one another passages, the one another commands that were given in the Bible. So loving one another, encouraging, rebuking, confessing our sin, serving one another, praying with one another, um, you know, the list goes on. And in reality, all of life, I think, falls underneath these one another passages, that we are doing things with one another in obedience to God, in love with one another. So as we do these things in this garden that we're building of relationship, we get fruit that comes out. And this is like the fruit of the spirit. And even at a, at a broader sense, this is like, I imagine this is the life to the fullest that Jesus is promise, promising us. And this is the, the streams of living water that Jesus promised would flow out of us. And as we're building these gardens with people, as we're working out these one another passages with each other, we're creating places where this fruit is born and these rivers of life are flowing out. And they're flowing out to each other and to the people in our community and the people in our families and in our workplaces. So these deep friendships, as we build them, as we cultivate them, they become sources of life for everyone around us. And I really believe this is part of the plan that God has for bringing new life to our earth is creating these deep relationships between us and really sending his spirit there and his spirit bearing this fruit. And I think that's part of the vision of our community, right? We want to make mature disciples to the glory of God. And the glory of God is that his new life is seen on this earth. And these relationships are a very practical way that we can facilitate that and create space for God to um, yeah, birth this new life around us. A lot of what they both just said is predicated on another axiom, too, that we've said a lot, which is one-on-one -on -one is how it's done. 
Obviously, that doesn't go into all the details and kind of heart behind. The things that they just shared do a lot better at that. But just know that when we say things like deep relationships, that's one of the axioms that we want tied in, that we, the way we employ a lot of the things that they just said is one-on-one. -on -one. To be able to do one another is to, the one other passages is to think about each of your friends as a one-on-one -on -one relationship between you and them, to think about the, those friendships as a garden. You know, it's okay, obviously, to hang out with each other in groups and stuff like that, but if we, we are, we're not purposeful in a one-on-one -on -one type of mindset, then it's hard to actually grow those kinds of gardens um, and cultivate those friendships in that way. Those are really good thoughts, guys. Thank you all. The next question I have for you all is, uh, when you think about shallow relationships versus deep relationships, what are the key differences in your minds? So when I think of shallow versus deep relationships, I think the first thing that we have to like set out is that this is not like an apples versus oranges type thing. This is not like, well, if I want deep relationships, I need to like get rid of all my shallow relationships. I don't think that's it. I think of it more as like a progression or a spectrum where shallow relationships are on one side and deep relationships are on the other side and God is at work across the whole spectrum and it's all good and there's a lot of hope that our shallow relationships can become more deep but even if they don't, that God is working in them, and that's good news. So if you feel like all your relationships are shallow, that's okay. The good news is that God can still work in that, and he can still move your relationships to be deeper. So don't feel like you need to just abandon them all. Um, when I think of like what, what I would call a deep relationship, um, the way that I'm like going to frame it is that all relationships are built around like a, like a goal or a mission or like something that we're doing, like some common thing. And the depth of your relationship with someone is proportionate to like the size or impact of the like mission or thing that your relationship is, is about. So on like the really shallow end, um, you might have a relationship with someone where it's comprised of like a single brown bag meeting, and that's all that you've done with this person. So your relationship started and ended, you know, when you went to Whataburger with them and that meal, that was the extent of your relationship. So that would be like probably fairly shallow. Or perhaps um, a coworker that you've known for years, but the extent of your relationship is you're having conversations to just pass the time at work. So they're not really going anywhere, you're not really like producing anything, you're just kind of like passing the time or like extinguishing your boredom with that relationship. So I would also call that like a shallower relationship. Then on the other end, um, in my mind, my vision of like a really deep relationship is one where we have some mission, which in the context of this community, that mission would be like, all right, we are like working together to follow Jesus. We are trying to figure out what the Jesus life is like. And not just now, like we are together looking into the future, like what does it look like to raise a family as people that follow Jesus? What does it look like to grow old as people that follow Jesus? What does it look like to die well as people that follow Jesus? So together, we're asking these questions and we're figuring out together how are we going to do this? We're not like independently thinking these thoughts, but um, together we're, you know, working on this mission and trying to figure out how do we get there together? So like, 
me and like N.T. Wright, we're not deep friends just because we have the same missions in life. Like we don't know each other. We're not working together to get there. But someone where we're talking on a regular basis and like we both know that we want this and we both know that we want to be involved in each other getting there. In my mind, that, that is what creates a really deep relationship. We have this really far out, long lasting vision and like together we're working on it and together we are getting there. And of course there's like, you know, everything in between. This is a spectrum. So um, someone that you're in a small group with, like cool, you're gonna build a relationship over the period of that small group and maybe it will end at the end of the small group or at least it'll end consistently. Well that will certainly be a lot deeper or has the potential to be a lot deeper than someone you've met at one point. But the thing is at the end of that small group, you have a choice, like you can choose to then make it deeper. You can choose to cast a deeper vision and go further. That's um, one of the really cool things about being a human, right? Is God has given us free will. He gives us <coughs> a lot of latitude with these things. And praise God, the ability to change and the ability to get better with his help and to cast deeper visions. And I think um, for all of us, we should always be looking forward, like what is the next vision? Like what is the deeper vision for my friendships? What is the deeper vision for my life? And how do I include that in my friendships and take people along with me? That was so good, man. <laughs> Ryan, that was really good. I especially like that last sentence. Um, for me, I was thinking about I totally agree with Ryan that that relationships are a spectrum, right? You're gonna have shallow relationships, you're gonna have deep relationships, but also don't, don't get comfortable in the shallow relationships and don't just stay there. I think that's one of the things that, like I don't think shallow relationships are bad, but it is bad if all your relationships are shallow. So consider that and reflect on that. Um, I think that shallow relationships start off as convenience, like all relationships start off as convenience, like how did we meet? We met in class, we met at church, we met here. And then, but I think the difference between shallow and deep relationships are that the shallow re relationships are also reinforced by comfort and staying in your bubble and not really pushing the boundaries of your relationship. So if you're not willing to go more in depth of who you are and be more open and share the, the deeper side of you, then, then it's going to stay in that shallow relationship. Um, let me reference my notes <laughs> before I get off too much. And yeah, I think in shallow relationships, we, we have fun with people and are, we can even use it to like combat loneliness. I think, I'm, I'm kind of going off the cuff here, but I feel as though um, shallow relationships too, and I'm not dogging on shallow relationships, but it also can be just an avenue of selfishness by staying in that one category. And so remember that when we are talking about the deep relationships and the shallow ones. Um, deep relationships include things like fun, for sure, and having friends, and even combating the loneliness, but with your openness that you share with each other, and that you're listening on both ends, that's what makes a difference for me. Yeah, and um, something I want to add on there. So, 
this idea of a spectrum of relationships is like, it's like a limited analogy of how to think of relationships. Relationships are so weird and dynamic and there's so many different ways that you can look at it. I think one thing that's probably helpful to mention is that in my mind, um, so shallow relationships can progress into deep relationships, but deep relationships are like a superset of shallow relationships. So all the things that you would do when you're just hanging out and having fun and that's it, that's also included in a deep relationship. Like we get all of that too. I think as we grow deeper with people, we are just like increasing the goodness of all the good things in the relationships. We're not like getting rid of that stuff and it's like, all right, it's like only serious business now. We're only strategizing about the future. Like that's not it at all. Like yeah. we get to keep all the good things and all the life-giving parts of relationships. They just become more and more of what they are meant to be. I think of this metaphor, it's like we go on this hike and our hike is this friendship, right? And so as we climb and this, our shallow relationship is this, the middle of the mountain, we're in this forest part and it's beautiful, right? We're enjoying it, we're seeing it, the view's nice, but as we get to the summit and we see like the, the awesomeness view of it, that's the higher point that worked, we had to work even harder to get to, but it still was everything, like Ryan said, everything led to that and we still have that fun, we still do everything, but getting to put in that work and make our relationship more of what God intends it to be is what really pays off. Those are great thoughts. Two good news things that really stood out to me is um, what you were saying, Ryan, about it's really good news that we don't have to figure out how to follow Jesus alone. <laughs> Amen. That we have the benefit of each other, each other's experiences, each other's thoughts and stuff that we get to help each other. That is huge, for sure. And then what Sean was saying about um, there's definitely the fun element, but then sometimes there's hard stuff and we need to um, either we're the one that needs to like not be seeking what's only good for us, but we have to seek what's good for somebody else and help them do something hard in a friendship, or we need, we need that. And that's another good news element of a deep friendship where um, when things are hard and, and there's a friend that can be there with us through that, or we can be that friend for somebody else, those are two really good news things about deep friendships that stood out to me. Moving on to the next thing is what are some deep relationships you guys have in our community, and what have you done to create and cultivate those friendships? Well, Josh already set himself for me, so I was, yeah. I was hesitant. I got ahead of that. Yeah, I was hesitant. I was like, do I want to say that this guy's a really good friend of mine that I've cultivated for 10 and, years? And now you have to. And now I have to. I'm put on the spot. Um, not Josh. I'm just kidding. Yeah, but no, Josh and I have known each other for, yeah, since I was 20, so 11 years, 11 plus years, and I remember... Um, we had a core together, and off the bat, we just set something up consistent. You know, we're like, hey, let's meet consistently. And we were meeting at, we were meeting at Bruce Hall, I think, for a little while. And it got too expensive for me because <laughs> I wasn't in the dorms. And I was like, okay, let's just come over and, and we'll make food. And um, fun fact, Josh had never made eggs before. Uh, and he was an 18-year-old. If y'all haven't made eggs... I don't know what y'all are doing. <laughs> like, like, eggs are the easiest thing to make. Um, we need to bring back those adulting classes to yeah, teach how to make eggs. Um, but, yeah, and so Josh is just one of a few that I feel as though, I, like Ryan Bristow or Tong Kibasong, um, those relationships started based on 
location, right? We, we shared a space together and we built those relationships, but we set stuff consistent up. And then after we did the consistency, we um, really just shared life together and made ourselves known to each other. I think that's the important part that really helped cultivate the relationship. So it's being open with each other, hearing the hard times, being there for the good times, like that's that really helped grow it. I think too, um, kind of what we've been saying this whole time, it's just realizing too, it's not only just being deep with each other, but just doing everyday stuff together, you know? Hey, do you wanna run an errand with me? Um, hey, do you wanna learn how to cook eggs? Like, <laughs> like these things led up to becoming closer and closer friends. So it's like, I've met all their families, I love all their kids, and this is something that I feel like those three guys that I think of are my like second brothers, my second, third, fourth brothers, you know, so. Well, fifth, sixth, seventh, I have like three other brothers in real life, so. Um, but yeah, so I think really they invested in me. We had the foundation of Christ as well that really helped with that. And then um, it was just a mutual love and, and building of relationship with each other that really helped. This one was actually kind of hard for me to answer, not because I don't think I have deep friendships, but I started out with thinking like, all right, what is my vision for deep friendships? And then as I looked more into it, I was like, shoot, I have like nothing that reaches this like pinnacle of deep friendships. But I think that's okay. Like we all have room to grow in this area. Um, we all have friendships that are deep to us. And there is like a, a standard, a far reaching standard that we can all aspire to. And I hope to spend my whole life growing depth in friendships. So the two people that I thought of were Josh and then um, Kevin Tidlachka. So Josh and I's friendship, um, this is another thing. I have so much trouble like remembering things about <laughs> the past. So the two things that, that Josh just mentioned, like, yeah, I remember them now, but if you had asked me something vague about those memories when I came up here, I couldn't have told you about it. It's like, this is somewhere in my head. But what I do remember is Josh and I bonding over the truly award-winning show, Twin Peaks, mm -hmm. spending so much time together watching that show, and um, just slowly assembling this kind of like ragtag group of people that enjoyed watching TV together and creating what you could say was like a pool of maybe like initially shallow friendships. And what we found is that over time, the TV watching became less and less and the conversations became more and more and the like engagement in people's lives became more and more. And those friendships went from shallow to deeper and deeper. And now that group includes some of my closest friends in this area, which is really cool. Um, I feel like now, Josh and I, when we get to get together, it's like doing things like Josh helping me pick out clothes at the mall because <laughs> I don't have like a good sense of how to buy clothes. So I'm like, hey, Josh, do you want to go clothes shopping with me? Or you want to go help me like pick out new glasses because I don't know what to look for in glasses. <laughs> or sometimes it's like talking about ministry and just figuring out like how do we do life better? How do we, how do we figure this stuff out? So it's a mix of all these things. And it's neat to, to think into the future and to look into the future like, all right, 
you know, when Josh's kids get older, I get to be the one that gets to spend time with them. And that's what we're setting the stage for now. That, that's the kind of deep relationship that we are building now that as his family grows, like, I get to be a part of that. I get to integrate in with that. And I think that is part of the fruit of building deep relationships in a community like this. So Kevin and I, um, we went to college together actually at UTD. So we've known each other like well before this church was even a thing. <laughs> and uh, I remember still, I think one of the first times that Kevin and Brittany came up to like see Denton, we like went for a walk around the square and it was like, cool, like, you know, we knew each other in college, but not super well. And now we can kind of like restart or resume this friendship. But I think at the time it was still like fairly shallow. But over time, you know, Kevin and I have had a lot of opportunities to like get lunch during the work week since we both work in the Denton area. And there's a lot of neat spiritual conversations that have come out of those lunches. And I think it really created this shared vision of what a life in Jesus can look like. And how do we use our resources well? And how do we want to grow? And how do we want to, to do this thing in the future? And for me, that has really like cemented our relationship in this foundation of Jesus. And how are we serving Jesus? How do we see him at work in our lives and in our community? And what is the next thing? Like, where are we going in the future with this? And that is super exciting to have a, a friendship that's based on that. Um, so. Two friendships both started out in shallow places, which is cool, it's good, fun places, and we still have fun together, but it's just over time, asking these questions. And I think like a, a big part of this is like, if you don't have a vision for like your life in the future, and um, particularly in the context of like faith, if you don't have a vision for where Jesus is taking you in the future and what it's going to look like as you get older as a Christian, it's going to be really hard to like cast that vision in your friendships. So it's either like finding someone that you can catch that vision from and really building a relationship with them so that you guys can share that vision, but also um, spending the time on your own to develop a vision for your own life that you can then bring into your friendships and take those people with you. Mm, that's good advice. And I actually do know how to make eggs now, by the way, just FYI. So. It took 10 years, guys. Mm -hmm. He had to yep. get married. She <laughs> said, this is how you whisk them. Whisk, whisk. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, well, thanks, guys, for sharing that stuff. We're going to move on to a little bit more. You guys have been giving advice kind of as we've been going uh, the whole time, pretty much. But I did want to ask, like, just what advice would you give someone who's been struggling to make deep relationships in our community? It's a more pointed question there. Um, for me, I think, and maybe this is easier said than done, because um, this is something that, that I don't personally, like, I'm not really anxious about relationships, but I know a lot of people are, so let me preface with that and say that it might be more difficult than I'm saying it is. But continue to put yourself out there, you know? Continue to... And like intentionally try to build relationships, um, and I think it's okay to if you're like having these shallow relationships to express explicitly like, hey, I would like our relationship to be deeper, um, and it's and it's a two way street to you know be open and um, ask 
other people if they're willing to be open with you too, that you're, you're wanting that and you desire that. I'm done. Sorry. <laughs> Too much. Um, I think the first thing that I would say to like anyone in our community who feels like they're struggling to build deep relationships, um, I would probably first say like, I'm sorry that you're struggling with that. This is something our community values. And if you are struggling with it, then it is partially a failure on the part of our community. So I'm sorry that we fail you that way. On the other side of that, if there are a lot of people in our community struggling with this, then we cannot fix it without all those people like kind of taking a step forward and taking some ownership of this. And the reality is that if we all are taking ownership of this value and if we are all putting our best work out at building deep relationships, then we are going to take care of each other. It's going to be taken care of. So we all have to, have to take ownership of this if we want everyone in our community to experience deep relationships and if we want to experience deep relationships. This is something that we all have to figure out how are we gonna own this, how are we gonna move forward with this. Can't just be like the staff or the leaders driving this. This is something that we all have to be doing. So on the more like practical, ish front, I don't know. My thoughts with this one are kind of all over the place. It's hard for me to get them wrangled together. So I think like we can't really talk about friendships in general without acknowledging what the past two years have been like with the pandemic and how it just really like shaken a lot of us up and changed our routines, changed the way we do things, gotten us into new habits. Like we have to acknowledge that. We can't just like ignore it and pretend it didn't happen. There's this quote that I really like from like businessy side of things. It says, um, a system is perfectly designed for the results that it gets. And I think we can use this to an extent to look at where we're at with friendships. We can look at our life, look at the environment that we're in, look at the actions that we've taken in the realm of friendship. And to some degree that we can say, all right, the friendships, the relationships I have now, they're the perfect result of the system of my life, of the environment of my life, of the actions that I've taken in my life and the actions of other people around me. And uh, like, praise the Lord, we're not robots, we're not just machines, right? So we can make changes, we can examine the system of our lives and figure out what can I change, what do I have ownership over that I can change that will make an impact over my relationships and the way that they're growing and the way that they'll move forward in the future. But first we have to acknowledge this idea that where I'm at right now is a result of what's happened to me. It's a result of my past and it's a result of like the system of the world that I'm living in right now. We have to be able to see that if we want to be able to see the places where we need to make changes and make adjustments in order to build deeper relationships. So the first thing I would suggest is just like thinking about where you're at, thinking about what have you been doing over the past couple years and really trying to become aware of like, how has that affected your relationships and what about that can you change that might change the way that you're building relationships or change the way that you are engaging in your current relationships. Um, I think 
like one area that I want to like center in on is um, just like our hobbies, our habits, the way we spend our free time. Um, I think technology or entertainment can be like an easy one to pick on, but really this can apply to like anything that we're spending our free time on. I think we need to consider how, how these things, the, these hobbies, whatever they are, how they affect us in the way that we relate to other people. And to, to say that they don't, to say that like the way that I use my phone or the books that I choose to read or the activities I choose to do don't affect my relationships, I think it's like a pretty, well, if you think that, I would humbly ask you to reconsider. There are like billion dollar advertising industries that um, are basically making bets that they can change your behavior through the activities that you do. So a lot of people believe this is true. If you think you're immune to it, then yeah, I would humbly ask you to reconsider that. So as we consider our, our habits, our hobbies, um, I think it's easy to see things that on the surface level get in the way of relationships. So it's easy to know like, all right, if I'm like at home reading a book, not talking to anyone, and yeah, obviously I'm not like engaging with anyone like that. That's very easy to see and we can all see that stuff. But what I, what I think we need to do is ask like one level deeper. So thinking like, all right, how are these practices changing the way that I choose to behave? Not what am I doing in the present, but how am I setting myself up for the future? So I have like a couple of like kind of either or questions that I thought about thinking about like, how do I spend my time and how is this training me or causing me to practice the way that I'll spend my time with people in the future? So as you think about like what you're consuming, I think it's the best way to put it, the things that you're consuming, um, is your consumption making you more curious about people or is it making you more cynical about people? And then is your consumption making you more complacent with quick and easy consumption of like shallow and fictitious realities, or is it preparing you for the hard work of contending with relationships with real other people? Sorry, yeah, that was a long one. So is your consumption making you more complacent with the quick and easy consumption of shallow and fictitious realities? Or is your consumption preparing you for the hard work of contending with relationships with other people? And then, um, yeah, is your consumption like, is it numbing your desire for meaningful relationships? Or is it growing your desire for meaningful relationships? And then I think the last thing that I would say about this is that what I said at the very beginning, like as we approach relationships, like we have to look at where are we at with Jesus? How much time are we spending in the Gospels? Like, how much time are we spending getting to know Jesus? Is he the lens through which we're seeing all these things? Are we really seeking Jesus' heart in friendship and in relationships? I feel like every time I'm reading the Gospels, I'm like, wow, Jesus, you're like crazy in the way that you related to people and the, just the kind of friendships that you've built. Um, I'm continually blown away thinking about the Last Supper and what Jesus did with his disciples, knowing that Judas was going to betray him and knowing that Peter was going to like attempt to run away from him. 
But still, Jesus was so gracious to them, and these were the people that he chose to build relationships with. The, the expectations that Jesus sets, the, the um, standard for success, like what success even looks like in relationships with Jesus, it is like so different than what we often are given in our world. And I think if we really want to build these deep relationships that are centered around him, we have to start with him and start with like, how did he build relationships? What was he going for? What was the goal here? They definitely weren't all easy. They definitely were not all successful by our measure of relationships. But I think we can all say that Jesus's life was like a resounding success, right? It's like the reason that we're here. So there is a reason why he chose to be friends with the people that he was friends with, even if those relationships failed him or really hurt him, he ch still chose to do those things and chose to act in a way that's very different than we often act in our relationships. So I think, you know, if I could just, if there's one thing, it's like we need to go back to Jesus and look at how he did relationships and really study the way that he was with people. Ryan, full of all the knowledge. I love it. Uh, that'll preach. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, but for sure, I, and I totally agree, right? The heart of it is Jesus, and we need to look at that and reflect on that. And um, some practical things that I wanted to say before we leave is that um, we have resources in our church. So vocalize, like Ryan was saying, right? Vocalize your, your loneliness or how you feel with relationships so that can be addressed. We have things like our LTGs, we have our cores, we have people who intentionally meet with other people, so just feel free to express that. And, and I know, like I said, that relationships can be anxious for uh, anxiety-inducing for some people, and, and I, I get, to get that to a degree, so I also don't want you to be discouraged if you feel this way. And this is a normal way for people to feel. So if you feel that, don't feel like you're the only one that does. Um, and, and an encouragement to that, and we've been saying it, is that deep relationships just take time. And, it's, and you know, it's, that shallowness is the beginning. And it's not just like, we've, we've said this already, but it's not just like unloading on one another, and that qualifies you as a deep relationship. But it's, it's everything. It's the friendship, it's the fun, it's, it's the hard things, it's the good things, but it takes time. So be encouraged that, that we are here for you and we want you to have these relationships and we want you to have a stronger relationship with Christ and with each other. So um, just express that need for it. Yes. <laughs> yeah, and one of the things I know we talked about, like we had an entire friendship series you know, last semester and I realized that for some of you guys who are here for a lot of those, some of this might sound like a review or like an echo or whatever, but we just want to make it super clear how important this is to our community. We don't want it to just be one sermon series. We did one time about friendship and just kind of always tell you if you have a friendship problem or something like that to go listen to those, <laughs> those <laughs> sermons or whatever. Um, and one thing I want to say, too, why this is such an important value is, is we talked about this in the friendship series, but what is a community, a large group of people, but the sort of sum in a lot of ways of its one-on-one -on -one relationships. If you have an entire community who has really poor one-on-one -on -one relationships, I, I can guarantee you that's not going to be a strong um, and very healthy community. It'll be a lot of somewhat acquaintances and strangers together, and that's not really the kind of community that Jesus built around himself. 
And it's certainly not a very effective way to then go out and minister to an entire city or in our workplaces or whatever else. Um, and to have that kind of team effort and to help each other minister better. And so just think about that, why it's a value to our entire community is because it is the building block. One-on-one -on -one deep relationships are the building block of any community. And so if we are all kind of in our own relationships doing a really good job cultivating, contending for those friendships, that over time builds a very healthy community, not just for our own selves to enjoy, but so that we can be a really effective group of people ministering and loving people the way Jesus commanded us to, to go out and to make and mature disciples that love and serve and share Jesus together. So um, those are some of the, my closing thoughts. Do you guys have any last things you want to share with our community before we wrap up? I think I would echo the slow over time thing. Mm. So I think it was during the friendship sermon series, I kind of, I feel like maybe I imagined this. I think <laughs> I joked to Josh like, all right, we'll see like in a couple years if this worked. Like we'll see the fruit of this in, you know, two or three years. Yeah. But I think there's a lot of truth there in that we can't just expect like, all right, we did friendship in the fall and now in the spring we will all be like super friends with each other. Um, it's definitely not my expectation. It really is that like, all right, you know, like a year, two years, three years, really start to see like a turnover of the relationships in our community and really start to see a deepening there. So if you feel like right now you haven't seen a big change in your relationships, or you're like intimidated, like, all right, I need to like do all this right now and make all my relationships really deep. Like that's not it. This is like a slow over time, we're going to together build deep relationships, and it's going to be a little bit. And maybe, like, some of you won't even be here to get to see that, and that's okay. You can still, like, plant the seeds. You can still do some of the work to get us there in the future. We've spoken a lot about um, being patient and um, just what it looks like to initiate more of those relationships and cultivate those. But I also encourage those of us who don't struggle so much with deep relationships to be aware when people are putting themselves out there and seeking that out. I think um, that's something that I often struggle with. It's like, how much room do I have? Or like, um, this person wants this relationship. You know, and I understand that we all have a finite amount to give, but there's always an opportunity to to still give a little more and and seek those opportunities like when people might not explicitly be saying it but they're showing by their actions that this is what they want or take an opportunity to say hey is this what you want and ask yourself if you're on the counter if you want to if that other person wants to have a deeper relationship let's give them a hand thank you all so much for sharing with us this morning I'm going to say a short prayer for us. We're going to then do announcements and do some finishing things. Um, Lord, thank you just so much for, um, for being such a good template and example of really intentional time with people, um, really thinking about them and their needs and um, being okay, being inconvenienced and um, uh, putting aside some of your plans on the way to somewhere and someone stops you. Um, we have all these cool examples, Lord, of you taking really intentional time with people, strangers, and then also your friends you were with for years who uh, you had to, I'm sure, show immense patience for. Um, Lord, and thank you for being patient with us. 
it takes us time to, to get this stuff, and um, we have to be reminded often. Um, please just lead us well and um, help us to just hear your Holy Spirit as we go through our daily lives. It's so easy to get right back into the normal track, the normal habit, the grooves that we've been in. Um, Lord, help us to shake that up and to be willing to just follow your lead and, um, and change our systems, change our habits, whatever it is, Lord, for your good and for, um, for the good of your people. Help us to love people that you put in our, our lives really well and, um, and just to look, look, look at people like you do through your lens and not, um, not just go who, toward who's convenient or who's familiar, Lord, but please give us a vision for the people you'd like us to invest in and spend time in. And um, Lord, thank you. I just ask that we would really glorify you as a community. I just pray that over these next few years, as we, as we do see the fruit of, of how this goes, like Ryan was saying, Lord, I just pray that um, our community at a 10,000-foot at a, um, view, a wide level, and in our individual relationships, we really glorify you and, um, and exemplify you to each other. Lord, you're so good to us. Just help us as we go. I'm going to pray. Amen. Okay. Just give me your attention for a couple more minutes, and I want to tell you about a few things we have going on as a community. The first one is that tomorrow night is the prayer meeting with the elders, and that is going to be at Ryan Plaché's house. If you um, don't know his address and you need it, it's up here on the screen. If you forget it by the time it's tomorrow night, you can text me, and I'll be happy to send it to you. And, but we would love for as many people as can to join us tomorrow night. It lasts for an hour from 7 to 8, and we just go through kind of um, a structured prayer time. Like the elders will speak to us a little bit and t- talk to us about what we're going to pray about, and then we'll spend time praying about that. But we mostly use our time to pray together. And so um, anybody's invited to that that wants to come. And then we have a meal train for Tong and Autumn that has been set up. They brought home baby Elias, and so we want to help them out with some meals. Um, If you don't know how to cook eggs, Sean is available to help teach you, and you could take eggs to Tong and Autumn. I think they would love that. Um, But um, if you don't know how to cook, you can always give a gift card, or you can always pick something up and drop it off to them. Um, But there's lots of um, different ways that you can help with that. So that meal train is something that anybody can sign up for, and we would love to have your help with that. And then Showcase is coming up, and we have tickets for sale. So if you've never heard of Showcase before, it's one of our fundraisers for Focus, but they're Student Institute of Campus Ministry. Is that correct? Okay, good. Um, And one of the ways they raise money to send students to that for leadership training. It is a fabulous show. Like, if you've never been, I can't even describe to you the level of talent. It's amazing. So it will be something that, just besides the fact that you're able to contribute to a really neat cause, that you'll just really enjoy. And so I would encourage you to get tickets to that. And they'll be selling them at the back table after we're done here this morning. And then I just want to remind you about giving. Um, You can set up your giving to be recurring, or you can set it up as a one-time gift. 
Um, but one of the things I think about so much is how Jesus said that it's better to give than to receive. Um, and giving obviously benefits the person or the organization that you're giving to. But in that statement Jesus made, it indicates that there's something that we receive from giving, that it's something that's good for us to do. And if you look throughout the Old Testament, you'll see that God gave the people times and opportunities to give. And it's um, something that we should all be participating in, and it's something that you're missing out on if you're not. So if you want to give um, to our church and to the things that we support here, to the values that you're hearing about on Sunday mornings, those shape the way that we use our money, um, then you can do that online. And then the last thing I wanted to say is you may have noticed the last few weeks when you came in that we've changed the way that we're handing out communion cups. They're no longer on your seat but there is going to be a table in the back with baskets, and you can just go by and pick up your communion cup when you come in each week. And feel free to take a couple of extras and hand out to somebody that uh, you see that doesn't have one as well. And then if you see any extras, which hopefully we're going to cut down on extras that way, you can always put them back at the back after we're done. All right, thank you for being here this morning. You guys have a great afternoon, and we'll see you next week. Thanks for joining us for our sermon podcast. We would love for you to join us on Sunday morning or in one of our small groups during the week. And you can get more information about that at DentonNorthChurch.com.